Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Lauren McGoodwin with teammate Aaliyah Kamalova. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. Today's episode is dedicated to leadership. As a leader responsible for driving performance and results in your organization, many variables are simply outside of your control. Obstacles to success like shoestring budgets, limited timelines, and any number of unexpected challenges are often unavoidable. But one thing you can manage is team chemistry. Part science and part artistic undertaking, this powerful leadership skill is essential to powering teams to their most peak performance. We're thrilled to be joined by Alana Zivkovich, the founder and CEO of Work, a strategic leadership advisory firm headquartered in Austin. As an executive leader and certified executive coach, Alana provides in-depth executive leadership training to businesses and leaders. On today's episode, we'll be discussing two things with Alana. One, what leadership looks like in 2021, and two, the four personality types you need to build a dream team. And now this is The Females. Hi, Alana. Welcome to The Females. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So can we start with learning a bit more about your background and really what inspired you to start work? Uh, Sure. So Work is an executive and team performance uh, coaching firm. And what inspired me was being an executive for years. And prior to that, actually, my training and and sort of educational background is in social work. As an executive, what became very clear was the only way to get consistent outcomes was to really invest in our staff. Even though I was working in a behavioral health discipline, that was very true then. And the outcomes were really important because it wasn't just about customer satisfaction and shareholder value. It was about people getting well or not because it was a behavioral health you know, industry that I was in. So realizing that we needed to focus on the staff as the only sustainable way to get our clients uh, the right outcome that they needed, which was a great life afterwards, uh, I had to figure out how to do that. And that translated into learning a lot of the skills that folks would hire an executive coaching firm to help them with, like strategy, communication, leadership efficacy, change management, that kind of thing. And as I did that more and more, one, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. And two, it felt like a higher manifestation of my purpose, frankly, where it's just a lot more ability to reach a lot more people. If we're working with the CEOs and 
you know, management teams of companies, the trickle down effects, the ripple there is really large. So a lot of fun and a lot of purpose combined into one led me to start work. Before we talk about what leadership in 2021 means slash looks like, can you give an overview of what team chemistry is? So what skills are required to help a team run on all cylinders? Yes. So team chemistry, we love this term. It feels very sciencey. And that's how we think about a really effective team. There's been longitudinal studies done. Google, for example, did a longitudinal study for years. And they looked at what, what makes our teams most or least effective. And they had all these theories and how many people have Harvard degrees and whatever. Um, and it wasn't any of that kind of acumen type of stuff. It was actually the degree of psychological safety on the team that was the number one determinant of that team's ability to work effectively or produce together. So team chemistry refers to how is your team working as a cohesive unit? How well do you know each other? How well do you communicate, make decisions, get through tough times, et cetera? Team chemistry are those sort of team dynamics that will either be the primary fuel or deterrent to a team's efficacy. Mm -hmm. Wow. As someone who did not enjoy chemistry at all, <laughs> that is a much easier way of understanding just chemistry for people, I guess. So when it comes to this chemistry, what skills are science and what skills are part of this artistic undertaking, especially in who knows what 2021 is going to be like? I feel like everyone's too afraid to say, oh, this is how I'm going to plan my leadership style or you know strategy for 2021, given... <laughs> it was a waste of our time in 2020. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, there's definitely parts of it that can be seen as science and parts of it that are much more of an art. The sciencey parts would be, we have the ability now to look at best practice from research, to utilize assessments and evaluations, to actually understand who we are, how we tick, how we're perceived by others, and to have that understanding from you know who our teammates are. That part's pretty sciencey. It's a lot of data that can then feed the team in a, you know, chemistry is really about how do the elements combine and work together. So it can then really feed that. So that would be more of a science. The art though is how you apply it. You know, I might have reams of data on who you are and how you like to communicate and, um, you know, types of things that really fire you up and get you passionate. But if I don't use that data well, it's dead. It's a file on the back of a bookshelf, you know? So that part is very much art and arguably relates more to the practice of emotional intelligence. And it's very, very impactful for both how to be a leader in 2021 and beyond and how to develop team chemistry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like emotional intelligence really, you either had it or you didn't have it at the time of 2020 because it was like crisis, quick urgency. And so to your point, like you got to decide very quickly how you were going to react. So I feel like maybe some people's colors, emotional intelligence colors were starting to show through. So maybe this year they're like, hey, I know that's a skill or an art I want to strengthen, I, I guess. Yeah, and we've seen that a lot from folks where they really were forced, you know, a, part of the wonderful thing about adversity is it makes us grow. We, when we're uncomfortable, we're like, ah, something's got to change. So a lot of people really dove in consciously or unintentionally to uh, developing their emotional intelligence. And the good news for anyone listening is emotional intelligence is a skill set. It's a practice. It's not something that you're just born with or born without. And it's like, well, those are the cards. <laughs> not at all. It's something that if you want to improve, you can. And many people have taken 2020 to do just that. Okay. So up next, Alana will share the four personality types you need to build your dream team. 
it's been a stressful day, week, month, year. I don't even know this entire quarantine. Everything just blurs together. Sometimes it's just nice to unwind with a single glass of wine without having to quote unquote commit to that whole bottle. Right. And I know a lot of people have already given up on dry January. So (laughs) this might be the perfect compromise. In comes usual wine with a genius solution for the modern drinker. Each quote unquote bottle of usual wine is already 6.3 ounces, which means you can have one quote unquote heavy glass of wine. So the whole bottle is your glass, which is amazing. That's right. No more flat bubbles or stale rosé. And speaking of rosé, I've got my eye on usual's rosé, a crisp, easy drinking rosé wine with notes of strawberry, rose petal and rhubarb the minute I can get my hands on it. Yum, yum, yum. The wines are low carb and they have zero grams of sugar. So you never have to worry about that sugar induced wine headache again. But don't grapes contain sugar? I know you're probably asking me that. Well, all the usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes harvested each fall. These grapes are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be fermented completely until the wines are dry with no residual sugar. All that is left over is delicious, clean wine. The process of fermentation happens when the natural yeast eat the naturally occurring sugar in the grapes. So in goes the sugar and out comes the alcohol. Usual wines are fermented until no more sugars are in the wine. This ensures the wines are as dry as possible and lower in calories. Usual has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called Brut. They also have Usual Spritz, which is a low alcohol, only 8.5%, a low calorie wine spritzer that's made of sparkling wine and guava juice. I mean, honestly, if you guys aren't ready for a glass of wine after hearing these flavors, I don't know. (laughs) I'm so ready for one. So go check out their website. It's www.usualwines.com and use my discount code, quote unquote, females, F-E-M-A-I-L-S, for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. So again, go to their website. It's www.usualwines.com and then put in our discount code females for $8 off your first order to try your first glass on us. Make a toast to your dream team and save a glass for me because I will be there with you when it's time for me to drink again. All right, now let's get back to the show. So broad strokes, we did not invent these overall four categories. They have been around since the beginning of management theory and before. You can go back in time to look at what Greek philosophers had to say about different personality types. But when we look at humans, all of us, we can be sorted into four fairly reliable overarching personality types. We're all a mix of all four of them. We all have strengths and tendencies that come from all four, but we're going to be more likely to show up as one of the four than we are of the others. Others are going to perceive us. They're going to come to us for the strength set that's evident in one of the four. What we know about personality types, first of all, is you don't change your personality type. People will sometimes get their evaluation and go, oh, I wish I was more like that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not about changing it. Change That would be changing who we are. It's actually about building the awareness of it and then using it to our benefit, figuring out the strategies and how we work with, you know, sort of our natural leanings, number one. Number two, there is no good or bad personality type. Again, those people that get their assessment results and go, oh no, I really wanna be an X or a Y or whatever. There's no good or bad. Um, Again, it's all about how we use it. And number three, the most effective teams, this is to answer your question, 
are ones who have a like very harmonious balance of all four because each one has its strengths and those areas that it's likely to struggle with more. And so when we get a team that's really overbalanced in one area, they then don't get to capitalize on the strengths of some of the other areas. So the most effective teams over time really do employ the strengths of all four types. Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific personality tests, like brand names that you really like? Like I've taken the disc before and I loved it. Yeah, we use disc all the time. I will say being in this industry, I feel like every couple of weeks I learn about a new one. Like there's a yeah. lot of out there in the market. The disc is probably the hallmark, best regarded, most widely used. There's PPI, there's predictive index, there's culture index, there's personalysis. I, I could keep going. There's a lot right. on that. They all get at something very similar. So it's really which tool is going to work best for you and your team. Um, We utilize an assessment platform. It's a virtual assessment platform with our clients called Cloverleaf, which actually allows us to run multiple assessments on a person at once and then combine that data to get the best of what that combined data has to offer. So those would be both kind of personality assessments, what we're talking about, but also assessments on strengths, assessments on energy rhythms, like when are they most energized during the day? Um, assessments on how they approach developing culture, et cetera. It combines all of those. Thank you, AI. We find to be a very useful experience rather than having lots of separate data pieces that don't tell a consistent story. Yeah, I love that. I'm with you. I geek out over this kind of stuff. So just so everyone's following along before Aliyah asks you about the first type, the first thing you have to do is sort of set the foundation by having your team take a personality test so that you can collect the data, right? In order to start building this dream team. Correct. Yeah, correct. And that's a light lift. These assessments, some of them take six minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, not a huge investment of your yeah. time. Okay. So let's get into the types. The first type is the brain. Can you elaborate on what the brain type is? Absolutely. Yeah. So Lauren, you said you love the disc. Maybe some of the listeners have taken it. The brain would be most equivalent to the D in the disc, which disc refers to as dominance. I always tell people, I'm like, eh, let's make that dominance slash driver. Um, This is the part of the team, the personality type, who is very much goal-oriented, very assertive, pushes for action, you know, drives things forward, uh, has no qualms with breaking new, you know, breaking into new ideas, that kind of thing. Um, In terms of their communication style, they are very assertive. They're very direct, typically. That can come across as, quote, domineering, which is what the, or dominance, you know, which is what this talks about it as if the person doesn't have enough emotional intelligence to figure out how to, how to wield that. But these folks are great, great at really driving a project. If you want to make sure that something doesn't peter out, that it really gets across the finish line, these folks have a lot of initiative um, and typically a lot of energy to get stuff done. Mm, I love that. Okay. So next you said is the voice. So who is the voice? The voice on your disc would be most akin to the eye influence. So these are our big picture people. They're oftentimes quite visionary, quite innovative. They're really good at motivation and persuasion. They're the type of people who they say, hey, guess what? We're going to go build our next door on Jupiter. And somehow when they say it, everyone around them is like, oh, great idea. (laughs) Um, They're really able to capture the hearts and the, the sort of inspiration of people and get people really motivated. They're typically outgoing. They're typically quite positive. People feel energized around them. They're the voice of sort of that vision for the team. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of like 
people in sales, you know? Salespeople that are of this type do quite well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Our third type is the sharp eye. Can you elaborate on that one? Yes. So where our voice is big picture, innovation, look at all these places we're going to go. They will really struggle if they don't have a sharp eye partnership somewhere with them. Sharp eye is very detail oriented, very thorough, very precise, oftentimes more analytical in nature. You know, if the voice and the brain have set some big, big target, the sharp eye is going to go, okay, here are the 72 things that we need to do in order to achieve that big lofty goal that you have. They're really important folks to have around when you want to actually get stuff done and have it be done in um, really high quality. Is this the C on the DISC assessment? This is the C, yes. I so was a C. You were a C. <laughs> I uh -huh. was a C, and it totally makes sense because I don't know if I consider myself super detail-oriented. Aaliyah will have to you know, let me know <laughs> if this is how I really am. But I do know that if someone is talking big strategy to me, my brain immediately goes into like the 5,000 things you have to do to execute to get to that place. And so sometimes... <laughs> I get so caught up in the details and it's like, that's why me and a, a voice person can, can butt heads. Cause I'm like, but you don't execute. You have no idea what you're actually asking for, you know? So it's like, I could see the frustration with those two types too, since I live it. <laughs> exactly. No, those opposite types. And I'm, I'm the voice, I'm the opposite of you. So we would be a great team together because we're going to fill in what each other needs but we'd also be more likely to experience friction mm -hmm. because where you would need a lot of data to make a decision, I need basically none. Or I have some big lofty idea that has no teeth. You're all about like, but what's the action plan in the actual spreadsheet, right? So we're going to balance and get a lot done if, this is where team chemistry comes in, if we can, rather than let ourselves get agitated with those differences, if we can go, ah, oh, thank you for calling me on the fact that Jupiter would require a few steps in between. <laughs> yeah. If we can't do that, then we just drive each other nuts and we, we don't get anything done anyway. So that, that's yeah. a good example. And I just want to emphasize to people listening, when we did the disassessment for the company I worked for, just knowing that about other people helps with the friction. Like for example, me just knowing that you're a voice and, and you knowing that I'm you know, the, the detail person, it helps eliminate some of the friction because you just have a general understanding. So I'm like so pro teams doing this and whether your company pays for it or you do it with your team of four, this is why I love it because I see the immediate impact just, just from the knowledge that comes from this, you know? Yeah. The insights alone are huge. Just the first blush, you know, glance at the data for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the final type is the hearts. So who, who is this? What are they like? So the heart, this is typically folks favorite person to work with your <laughs> uh, S steadiness on the disc and they really excel. They build consensus. They're great listeners. Um, they have a steady pace. They're typically quite patient. They're also a nice balance that the S and the C kind of balance out of the, the heart and the sharp eye balance out the voice and the brain. They're going to also help slow things down and make sure that everyone is heard in the process, that there's a high degree of teamwork going into it. You know, they really, they really thrive in that. And because of that, folks typically feel like they can really trust these people. They're oftentimes seen as very sincere. They're not uh, overly volatile sort of in their moods. You know, they're just more, more steady and really great to have around. 
where both the S and the C can get a little bit stuck, the sharp eye and the heart, is because they both like in different ways to have a lot of data, detail orientation, and or build consensus and make sure everyone feels heard, they can move slower, right? And so analysis paralysis is more likely with these two types, whereas with the brain and the voice, the D and the I, kind of shooting from the hip without really knowing what you're aiming for, and oftentimes therefore missing, that's more likely. So again, you can start to see how the balance is really where you get the best outcome. What do you do if your team does have like a bunch of one type? Like if everybody's a sharp eye or everybody's a heart, what can you do? Well, and that actually happens a lot because we are, most of us, without meaning to, we're more likely to think that people that are like us are good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> accidentally narcissistic. And it just feels familiar, right? We're like, oh, I get you. You know, we both think this way. We make decisions this way. Great. We'll work great together. So those unbalanced teams actually happen quite a bit because we end up hiring people that remind us of ourselves, which is not entirely bad. It does mean that folks will operate at a similar tempo and that kind of thing. You can definitely work with it. But when teams are able to recognize it, a couple of things that they can do is one, that recognition allows them to build in strategies, structures, processes, et cetera, that help accommodate. So for example, if you have a team of a bunch of really sharp eye folks, lots of detail orientation, they may actually start to say, okay, anytime that we're rolling something out, we need a time limit that says we are going to make a decision by X amount of time. We need to decide that up front because we know we might just stay in that cycle of analysis for forever, right? <laughs> yeah. Where if you have a team of all Ds, you know, all the brain there that are like action, 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 they may say, okay, we have a set number of projects that we can pursue at the same time. Once we hit that number, we can't continue to add new things until we either finish or take something off the list. You know, so there's strategies like that with the team. But another way it comes in really handy is with hiring. Because if you know this about your team and you have an open seat, well, great. We do candidate assessments all the time, help folks with that hiring selection, which is partially about just knowing the candidate and having some great fodder for your interviews, but also about figuring out what's going to be the impact on the dynamic of the team so that we can help achieve some of that balance. Can you... I guess, legally have people take personality tests as part of the interview process or I'm just thinking like, or <laughs> then, or do you just kind of look at yeah. someone and go, they're a heart. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, lots of companies do have personality assessments as part of the interview process. The caveat there is we never use that data to make a hiring decision. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And all the assessments that are worth their muster that are used in this capacity We'll actually state that as a disclaimer. If you happen to be working with a coach or if your HR department does it, hopefully they've really trained you in that as well. They're not used as deciding criteria. What they are used for is to enhance, like I said, the interview process. So if I'm interviewing someone who is a really strong, uh, sharp eye, and they're going to be in a role that requires a lot of constant change, that helps me ask them questions about that to say, hey, give me an example of the time that you've had to manage a lot of change really quickly. What did you do to be effective in that situation or whatever? Um, so it helps create areas of inquiry for the interviews that are then really helpful at assessing that person. It's not used to make the decision uh, by itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Aaliyah, we should do this for Career Contessa because our team works really well together. Oh, but yeah. I, so I was thinking Kayleen is the heart, right? Yes. Okay. Definitely the most stable and just Kayleen's uh, our director of content patient. and the way you describe the heart I was like that's Kayleen uh Aaliyah what do you think you are listening to these 
I don't know. I think that I honestly could be close to the voice because I feel like that's it go my favorite thing to do is just to brainstorm new ideas kind of without anything holding me back the and then <laughs> yeah but I do I don't know I do have detail oriented aspects whenever we actually start something but in the brainstorming process like I feel like I could be just generating a lot so I would agree with that and you don't get hung up on the details so mm-hmm. Alana this is in- really interesting to hear just to like use this us as a case study is that I can get really hung up on a detail in step one where I feel like Aaliyah is very calm, cool, and collected. And I'm always so impressed with the calm, cool, and collection. So that's like voice versus sharp eye and and, and how you're, to your point of how they balance each other. Mm-hmm. It's funny yeah. that we're missing the more, the brain or like the person <laughs> that's directing all of this, which is kind of a funny idea, but you know, a small team, so. Maybe that's higher then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Our next hire needs to be a, a D or the brain. Well, thank you, Alana, for this valuable insight and, and just really helping the listeners. I think learning more about personality types that can help build a quote unquote dream team. And again, speaking from personal experience, our team works so well together and there's very little friction. And I mean, comparing that to teams before that I've worked on where the friction kills so much time and productivity and, and, and really does suck up a lot of energy. I think this is really helpful, you know, and for managers, whether they recognize the value of curating a team or not, hopefully this will help. Any final takeaways for the listeners? Yeah. The final thing I would say is there's going to be folks probably like the three of us here that go, Oh, this is obvious. This is useful. I can't wait. When can I take my assessment? And there's going to be folks that go, wait, this is business and that's a waste of my time Yeah, and, you know, get your feelings away from me kind of thing. So one thing I would say to our listeners, if you're, you know, interested in pursuing something like this and you're worried about, well, how might it be perceived? Always tie this back. It's what we do. It's what clients that really benefit from this do. It's always tied back to business outcomes to, you know, Lauren, you just sort of made that point, but what are we wasting time, energy, resource, et cetera, when there is friction? What could we be accomplishing that we're not currently? Let's look back at projects that we've started and never finished. How could this type of data have helped us, you know, not fall into those traps, that kind of thing. Really tying it to business outcomes helps the process itself be much more effective for everyone involved and helps you strategize better because we are talking about using this for the workplace. You can use it in your family, you know, and and just enjoy Um, But this is, you know, work oriented. So just keep it, keep it results focused and you're likely to be able to capture sort of everyone's different needs within the process. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. What about the person who's like this? And it it reminds me of like performance reviews. Everyone hates doing performance reviews, but they're so important. It's like, there's always the person who's like, I hate this sort of like admin related stuff to work, but this is the stuff that can help drive better results. And so we're always trying to think about ways to do that. Well, this has been incredibly helpful. I hope everybody will consider investing in this. Like I said, whether you are a manager or someone who just works with coworkers or works with a lot of people, I, I feel like a common theme we hear over and over again on the podcast is just like having this knowledge of yourself and your team and how much it can help you moving forward. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. 
And we just want to remind everyone that right now we have a new year, new career online course sale going on. And this is the only sale we run on our online courses all year. And you get 30% off any course. Plus you get a free digital career contessa work journal um, if you purchase before the sale ends on January 31st. The link to learn more is in the show notes. And a big thank you to Alana for sharing her time and excellent advice around team chemistry today. Remember the Alana's company Work, W-E-R-Q, helps organizations with this type of work. And if you're interested in learning more, we'll link to her company Work, W-E-R-Q, in the show notes as well. 